You're listening to Embodied, Empowered, Engaged, a podcast for women. I'm your host, Mackenzie Eason. Embodied, Empowered, Engaged is a place of warmth, safety, and love for women to share real stories, insights, vulnerabilities, tips, and tools about what it is to live as an embodied woman empowered in her truth and heartfully engaged in a life of transformation and service. Together, we explore what it takes to truly inhabit ourselves, especially those wildly uncomfortable, less sparkly parts. Welcome, sister. You are invited to join exactly as you are. episode, we have with us Honey Bee Henderson. Honey Bee Henderson has devoted her life to working for the Divine Mother in the sacred mystery of the feminine. For nearly 20 years, she has given herself fully to the path of awakening and embodiment, accessing wisdom keepers throughout many traditions and lineages across the globe, collecting tools to share with you. From yoga to spiritual psychology, from shamanic practices to sacred rituals, Honeybee's prayer is that each woman remembers what a gift she is to the planet simply by being in her body one breath at a time. So I met Honeybee originally during my time in California, and she has continued to be a huge source of inspiration and a beautiful place of sistership in my life. And in the episode, we have a heart-to-heart where she shares about her journey of answering a call of service to teach yoga um, and empower women in the Middle East. Honeybee shares with us some really incredible stories and insights about her time in the Middle East, how and why she did up there, and what she is seeing happening. She also shares with us her own vulnerable places of healing and transformation along her path including her relationship with her mother and past sexual trauma. Honeybee speaks to some amazing vital keys about embodiment and deeply loving ourselves. I hope this episode nourishes you and brings you closer home to yourself, which is a quality that Honeybee exudes and just oozes out so, so beautifully. So... There's so much more in this episode. Those are just a couple little keys. And I hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome, everyone. Today we have the amazing, magnificent Honeybee Henderson. And um, we'll go deeper into... Um, who she is and all the juicy stuff alive in her heart. But first of all, I just want to say thank you for joining, honeybee. Thank you, Mackenzie, for having me. Mm -hmm. So grateful to be here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Just so tickled hearing your voice. (laughs) It's so good. Um, And before we get into all the the yummy stuff and the depth, uh, we always begin each episode with a little drop-in. And it's an invitation, if you're listening, to take a pause, um, close your eyes, and for Honeybee and myself, doing the same. So ah, just taking a moment 
to pause and take stock, take inventory of what's present, sensation, just being curious. So what, what's here today? What's with us today? No right or wrong, just what's, what's present. <sighs> so I am aware of a little tickling that's happening on my nose. My hair is kind of in my face and my, there's a really alive um, buzzing sensation in my chest. Mm. Um, feeling like an excitement there. Just a hum and a buzzing that's happening. <laughs> and my feet feel a little, um, well, they feel cold. And I feel, I feel a certain sense of relaxation, like relaxed muscles on my face also. Mm. And that feels um, surprisingly really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I am noticing um, a smile on my face since we began the call. Um, I also notice my heart is beating rapidly. And when you mentioned the buzzing, I felt an expansion in my chest. And I feel very rooted in my sacrum and in my root I feel very expansive and solid in my own body and in my uh, and in my body right now I feel solid hmm. Hmm. beautiful so so good thank you mm -hmm. Something to include also is this this huge excitement I feel to have you on the show and to hearing your voice and connecting and it's been many moons since we were in person together and I I just feel our sistership and our kink like our kinship so strongly and I just feel that as such a miracle because we're often in like totally opposite ends of the world so Absolutely. I'm I'm so so grateful for technology oh. and for our connection that <laughs> feels pretty steadfast so I'm, I'm just really I'm just regardless of podcast I'm just like oh yay a phone call with honeybee yes mm, feels so good <laughs> so grateful to be talking with you mm, awesome. <laughs> always <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking maybe you can start us off and I'm curious too about if you can paint us a picture of um where you are today, where you are right now. And maybe a little bit to how you landed just right where you're seated right now. Okay. Um where I am right now, I'm actually in the Middle East. And it's funny because I heard the question and I went both macro and micro. 
Mm-hmm. So my physical presence is in the Middle East and I have been called to serve the women here, to serve the women in ways of embodiment, to serve the women in the ways of opening up their consciousness, uh, to serve myself um, in growing more centered, more present, more patient. And I feel just on a micro level right now, um, these last couple of days have been a little bit of everything. And Mm -hmm. it's really um, calling me forward to be, to move more slowly and to really remember and to honor my practices. So these are, these are some of the things that I'm really devoted to right now is how to honor myself in the midst of <clears throat> being somewhere where I want to be of service and is rather an intense place. Mm. But how to support my, my, own, my own evolution in this, in this participation of the awakening. Right. Right. What I hear too, it's like through this calling that you're showing up for, it's enabling you to serve in this really potent way. And at the same time, it's serving you in a really potent way. (laughs) And (laughs) that's usually how it goes, I feel. And I'm curious, what are some of the practices, just if there anything on the top of your head that have been really helping you with this process of slowing down and staying connected and grounded in a space that is intense and edgy. Mm. Yeah. Edgy is a very, the really great word to paint the description of Mm. what's happening here. Um, Some of the practices that, that I'm finding are supportive for me are for the first time I'm, I'm actually meditating every day Mm. and I am, I have found some great teachings on the Essenes and I'm studying the Essene tree of life. And so every morning and every night there's a different meditation and so I'm really working with the, the earthly elements and I'm working with the cosmic elements and I'm bringing them both into my body. Mm. And that's been a very interesting experience for me to choose stillness because in the past I have been more movement oriented or more chanting oriented and not to say that that's not occurring for me but my discipline right now is really in this sitting still mm. and working with the cosmic forces and the earthly forces and seeing how I can uh, work with them in my body. Mm. Mm. It's been incredible, really mm. profound teachings I, I recommend. Yeah, it's <laughs> really powerful and that totally makes sense in the midst of like a lot of just 
Yeah, intensity, edginess, lots of movement around you. That would be like the balancing Uh factor to anchor in the stillness more. And the sense of devotion and listening in a really deep way to service is Mm. a quality of you and in you that I've recognized as like from the get-go, just like, whoa, this babe (laughs) is like got it going on. Like her devotion and her listening and and, um, that process that I feel you in is so inspiring. And so I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit to what that process has been like for you of hearing a call to the Middle East. Because I think, you know, it's one thing for us to – it's like have a calling and it, you know, often the deepest callings are not like the, the most convenient, <laughs> but they're often <laughs> the elements of like deep service, you know, it's not about you. And so I think the fact that you're being called to the Middle East, it feels so connected to your own path. And the fact that it's an intense like place really speaks to the volume of your devotion. Um, and so I'm curious if, yeah, you could speak a little bit to what, that process has been like where did you hear the call how did you follow it all of that well it's such a cool it's such a cool question because Mm. being being here where I am now and looking back at how I got here you know you often see the how the dots aligned or met up and we don't know going forward what's coming but we can always review what brought us here Mm. And so thank you for that. Such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful question. And my family, my mother's side is Lebanese and I have always had a very special place in my heart for the Middle East and Middle Eastern women. And years ago I was in a class with um, a yogi, Mark Whitwell, and he is a, has a program called the heart of yoga where at the time, and he's old school yogi from, he's been probably teaching for 50 years. Mm. And um, he was teaching women yoga in the middle East. And this is years ago. And something in my heart said, I want to do this. I don't know how, or I don't know when, but, but something sparked my, cells in my body to wake up, to aliven, to align with that, that inspiration. And it took time. It took time to get here. It wasn't right away. That's got to be 10 or 15 years ago when I was in his class. Mm. And um, I, I feel like what needed to happen in the meantime was I needed to work on myself. So I needed to go in and clean some of the habits and patterns and, and ways that I was seeking outside of myself to, to just avoid uh, my own being. And I, I really devoted my time to that. So the last 10 or 15 years have been really concentrated on that level of devotion of, okay, I want to clean myself. I want to clean my thoughts. I want to purify my, my emotions. I want to I want to really unpack all of the, the traumas that I've experienced in my body so that when the actual phone call is how it came, <laughs> hmm. uh-huh. spirit's cute sometimes, my client said, what will it take you 
to get you over here, I was such a yes that it was like, it, it moved quickly from then on. And that was three years ago. And I've been in the Middle East now um, on and off for the last three years for several months at a time. And um, it's just funny to think, you know, we don't know where these inspirations come, but at some point it's like we have to trust that it's our future self is kind of giving us a glimpse. Hmm. And it's something that sparks this interest and this level of interest always landed so deeply in my heart and in my body and in my soul. And it was my alignment was saying, yes, this is, this will come Mm. and it's timing, but that's when I get to work on my patients. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I love hearing that piece of being patient with it. And like <laughs> feeling the spark, like, whoa, something is so alive for me with that. Yeah. And like holding that and listening mm-hmm. and being so open so that when the time came, this is boop, you know, ready mm-hmm. to go. And if, you know, you're naming this piece of patience and mm-hmm. like, if you could take us a little deeper into mm-hmm. your process of of patience along, you know, like I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I'm slowly getting to the essence of my question, but <laughs> I'm patiently okay. waiting. <laughs> Being a vehicle for your patience in, in real time. <laughs> um, you know, so, okay, let's get right to it now. I'm feeling it closer and closer. Um, the essence of my question is how do you personally connect with receiving one piece of the puzzle at a time and how in retrospect you're like oh yeah of course that was my path of course um this is how everything connected and when i feel we take these big leaps and especially with a big physical move there's this i mean so much fear can come up and Mm -hmm. the desire to know the plan that's laid out and how you know what's coming next exactly and (laughs) when i understand from your journey and what we've shared is is your listen follow each step of the way Mm. and that takes so much courage and also patience is what i'm hearing Mm. you speak to Mm -hmm. so could you take us a little deeper into that like what that process is like for you sure Uh, and it's it's definitely alive for me almost daily, this practice mm. of pain. Um, right now, there's a ne- the next level has opened up and um, the next little bit of inspiration has come into my heart and I'm wanting it to be move faster than it's moving. And I'm really, this is where the stillness comes in and the trust comes in and the um, allowing and all of that feels so big and so esoteric, even when I say it for myself right now. Um, and it's really the whole essence from my experience of why or how this whole cosmic mystery operates is it's in the moment. And I don't know what the next moment is going to lead to. There's um, infinite pathways from this moment forward. And if I can allow my body 
to trust the simple yes and no, turn left, turn right directives, then I can calm down. And it's my brain that wants to know what's happening. It's my brain that wants to rush things. It's my brain that sees the vision in the future. But all of that can change in the moment. So for me, what's, what's been very supportive, and this is really, this is working with me right now today in this moment is, um, so I'm really glad you're asking the question because it's reminding me to practice presence. Hmm. And that there's a fullness to presence that then leads to something else. Something else is the mystery, and I don't know what that will be, but this, if I can remain in the fullness of the presence, then I don't get caught up in this thing happened in the past, or I should be going in this direction. I can just allow this present moment to, to really permeate every... And it, it, as I'm saying it right now, I feel so alive in my cells as I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. And it takes practice. Mm. For me, it's taken a lot of practice and it continues to be a practice for me. And this seems to be one of my biggest lessons is learning how to be patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel myself just like a sigh in my body Mm -hmm. as you're naming the presence. And that just speaks so so much to me of like oh yeah like that that's the that's the guiding space even Mm. though the mind wants to you know draft up the the game plan (laughs) and all that stuff and that's that's so beautiful and it seems like you're in this perfect cauldron of practicing Mm. that in a really deep way and absolutely so I think something that I want to return to is your part of what's been calling you right now is empowering women in the Middle East. And it Mm. sounds like the first spark in your heart was with sharing yoga. Yes. Could you share a little bit about what the details of what that has looked Mm. like or been like for you of what that has, like what your experience has been like with empowering women in the Middle East? Like what's your experience been? What does that look like? Yeah, so this, this, um, this journey began, like I said, years ago, and then it took some time to see how I was going to arrive. I had never been to the Middle East. Uh, my family is third-generation American, so we have, we're far, far removed from mm. our, our roots in Lebanon. Um, there was always a lot of fear in the Middle East because of the ongoing war and um, so I, I never really had a clear path and as I said a client called me and she said what's it going to take to get you here and that was the invitation I've been waiting I had been waiting for and I came here the first time three years ago and I worked in tandem with this client who was a yoga instructor and we offered a lot of workshops on um, self-love. We offered a lot of workshops on um, forgiveness, inner peace, uh, work like this that would just speak to the women 
and support them in kind of opening up to a new way of thinking, a new perspective, a fresh perspective, because these women are thirsty and they're strong and they're so bright. I have this sense that to be born in a country or in a region that is so um, dense energetically and so wrought with, with fighting and war and so patriarchal, these beings that come in are extremely bright lights and all they need is a little bit of water. Mm. And so my, my, the invitation was come and do you have water? And I love bringing water to a region that's so dry. And my water comes in the form of love. And my water comes in the form of Divine Mother. And just sharing a different way that these women can be not only with themselves, but with each other. And how they can share with each other. So. This, this now is my uh, sixth trip in three years to the Middle East, and I've primarily spent my time in Jordan, but I've also been to Palestine and to Israel and also to Lebanon. And the work has evolved. So now I've, we, have, um, we teach yoga, and I'm watching... It's so exciting to see. When I first came here, there was probably four yoga studios in the entire country. And now there's got to be 40 yoga studios three wow. years later. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're thriving. And people are interested and people are curious. And there's a billboard the other day I saw driving in Amman. And it says, yoga. And I looked at it and I thought, what is this? And my friend that was driving me said, it's a, it's a phone company. It's one of their products. They named it Yoga. And I was like, great, <laughs> Yoga. I'm so happy. You know? <laughs> it's amazing. Even just to get the word more familiar with people to say, like, what is yoga? Hmm. And so we started with yoga and we have done a women's wisdom training, which was my, my heart and soul poured into uh, training some women in doing the work that I do in life coaching and also working with energy and teaching from the different traditions and the different lineages that have supported me, just sharing with them. And um, this time we're doing a lot of circle work. Hmm. And this trip, the inspiration has come to include the men. And we are not only here to empower the women, but we're here to support the brothers and the men because the women are evolving quickly and it's more readily available for them to go to a yoga class or to attend a live coaching session or to do some Mm. of this kind of work. And I just got this inspiration that the brothers may not know what's happening with the women and Mm. they may need support too. And so the response we've had from the men is incredible. Mm. Incredible. 
um, and the brothers are showing up and in vulnerability and really openness and an earnest yearning for for this desire to connect to themselves and to each other. And so I, I always feel like I never knew when I answered that phone call that said, what's it going to take to get you there? That here we are, years, three years later, it's a short period of time, and the amount of lives that have been affected by this ripple of energy that has taken place from you know, a few people around the world who have decided to come to this country, to this region, and to kind of open things up, it's incredible to see mm. what's happening. Mm. It's incredible to be a part of it. It's incredible to witness and to, to, to grow myself in this space also mm. with them alongside and learn. And I feel so honored and so ecstatic and delighted and peaceful mm. around it. Mm. So palpably powerful. Mm. I feel I have chicken skin goosebumps <laughs> uh, hearing you hearing you speak to it. Mm. <clears throat> One thing, Mackenzie, too, if I can go back to the patience piece because I feel yeah. like this is this is a really big piece for me mm. is that when I answered the call to come, I had planned to be here for three weeks and do three workshops, one a week. That was the initial. And I stayed here the first trip for uh, two and a half months. Instead of three weeks, I extended the trip because the, the energy was calling for, for the work to continue. Mm. And had I known had I rushed myself on that first phone call, I don't think we would be where we are today by doing a men's circle and calling in, you know, these women sharing. It's incredible. We're sharing on sacred sexuality. We're sharing, you know, we're sharing on the chakras and we're sharing how to be in alignment in a world that's full of chaos this evolution needed to take place where it was first the medicine of yoga comes in and then we went a little bit deeper and now we're speaking about how to work with energy and it seems like it goes from a very gross body density to now we're we're refining and we're working with the subtle bodies and that takes patience both for personal reasons and for the collective so I wanted to speak to that patience because it's constantly working with me and I want to move fast and, and <laughs> I have visions and I see what can be done and I want to move things around and, and it's like, just wait. I keep getting the message, be patient, be patient, be patient. There's a lot of pieces that need to unfold before the vision can flourish. Mm-hmm. And right. we're not even at its apex yet. You know, we're, I feel like we're still just beginning here. Mm. Yeah, it's like trusting each, each piece of the puzzle and like mm. each like, <laughs> like um, foundational piece that builds and grows. And it sounds like it's even though there's can be this sense of impatient hearing you describe the shift from <laughs> four yoga studios to 40 
in just a couple wow. years. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I, I know you've shared with me before, it's been a while ago, like some of the impact that you're witnessing in these women. Um, mm. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like how, you know, in this area that is really thirsty, like almost like dehydrated mm. for um, just these little water droplets of empowerment and self-love and, um, how would you describe some of the ways that women are impacted there from wisdom circles or from the yoga? Do you have any oh. um, experiences that bubble up for you from that? <laughs> Absolutely. It's been, <laughs> because for me, this is the gift of allowing myself to be participating and to, to share at the same time and to receive. Mm. Um, when one of us wins, the whole of us wins. So mm -hmm. these women, you know, now I have some deep relationships with some of these women. And one of my dear sisters is teaching yoga now. And um, we met three years ago and she was in a yoga teacher training with a dear friend of mine that was working, I was working with side by side when we first arrived. And she had joined the wisdom circles. And I went to her class the other day. She has 22 women in her yoga class. Hmm. And she's teaching something like nine classes a week. And her own expansion is rippling out to so and touching so many lives. And for me, that's a huge win. You know, I've, I've, you know this because you know me. I work for Divine Mother. And to get to see, wow, I'm going to cry. It's so beautiful. Mm. It's, to get to see how one drop of water can impact so many people. This makes everything worthwhile. Mm. And these women are, some of the women are, that's one story. One woman has, um, she's a covered woman. Mm -hmm. And um, she's, I, I call her my, I'm, I always tell her, I'm your biggest fan. I, I, love, <laughs> I, love, I love being the biggest fan because I just want to love her up. I want to love the people that I love up. And she has so much to share. And she spent so much time in hiding She's a performer by nature. She's a storyteller. She's, she's got so much wisdom to share. Mm. And she chose at 18 to wear the hijab. And it, at first I struggled with this because I thought, ah, this is how she's hiding. She's hiding behind this. But actually, as I've gotten to know her, the hijab is a reminder of how powerful she is. And she has since begun to write her story. And she writes her story of empowerment in choosing to wear the hijab and what it means for her to be a Muslim woman. And, and she's funny and she's kind of irreverent. And <laughs> she tells her story over and over in the way that she raises her children and the way that she is with her husband and with her family and with her American family that 
sometimes questions who she is. But she stands so strong now in who she is. And I know that this is impacting many women. And for me, these kind of stories are, it's just, it's such a small piece of the puzzle. But my prayer is that each of us, as we drink the water from the well of wisdom, that we open up and share who we are. Because in sharing our, our struggles and our suffering and, and our, how we overcome these things, I feel like the whole world has a chance to breathe easier and know that we're not alone and know that if this person can overcome something, I can too. Mm. And so these are the things that for me, it's beyond boundaries and borders and skin color and nationalities. It's like, this is why we're here on the planet. We're here to wake each other up through our own evolution, through tapping into our own mystery, through tapping into our own creativity that oftentimes comes from trauma or struggle, but how I overcome it. And now I get to share that and ripple it out. The world is waking up and it takes each of us to be in our bodies to support that movement of energy that wants to move us left or right or to the Middle East or to South America or to Europe or to our families, our communities, wherever it is that we're called. Wow, I got so excited to share that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is so deep and so rich. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amen. It's, it's amazing. I feel like this is a thread everywhere in the world for women is sometimes just creating the container for sharing our stories, you know, or um, coming together, just the act of that is so transformative and becomes medicine for everyone. And it sounds like that's what's um, been happening with the woman you were describing is she's gotten some droplets, you know, of, of water and empowerment. Um, and it's just rippling and blooming out in such a beautiful way. And I can only imagine how you're feeling, seeing and experiencing that with, with all the women and the men that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something that um how do i describe this well i guess just sparked my heart um mm-hmm. for lack of a better a better way <laughs> yeah. i feel like that that phrase is on repeat for me which is a good thing um but something that sparked my heart is is what you're describing as it's our um yeah it's our it's our past experiences and sometimes trauma and hurt that you know alchemizes into gifts and medicine and and the sharing of that is so powerful and I'm wondering if you could take us a little deeper into your own version of that if there's an experience that you've had of um, transforming and being with a challenging space in your life And I know we all have so many (laughs) um, things we could choose from, but I feel this guidance of like, ooh, is there something that 
that feels alive or present or bubbling up for you around that right now? Absolutely. You know, it's such, you, you ask such beautiful, deep questions, which mm. of course I, you're my sister, I adore you. <laughs> and I thank mm. you because these questions are so valuable for all of us. Mm. For me too, to review and to just remember. Yeah. Um, mm. I was very much moved recently by this Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, my own trauma was that um, one of the major traumas of my childhood was I was raped as a three-year-old child. Mm. And I spent years of my life feeling like the victim of this story and about 10 10 years ago I started actively healing this story but for 30 plus years for 33 years I didn't know how to work with this I Every day of my life, I felt that this was impacting me. Every man I was with, every look that I received, every, everything. My whole life was impacted by this. And I really allowed myself through support of uh, my master's program in spiritual psychology um, at the University of Santa Monica. We give them a big shout out for all of the amazing work mm-hmm. that they do on this planet and happening for years. Um, but with the support of, of, of a loving container, I was really able to unpack this experience. I cried, I screamed, I allowed all of the feelings to be there in a way that I hadn't done before. And it wasn't overnight, and it took, it took several years for me to really come to the place where I am now, 10 years actually. But through allowing all of this darkness, just allowing it to be okay, to feel the pain, to feel the hurt, to feel the shame, to feel the betrayal, to feel the, the, the struggle that I had with my family because of this, the, the fear of not being able to talk to anybody about it. But by allowing all of this to sit in this, bath of love this experience was transformed inside of me so that i i had moved from a place of victim to a place of complete compassion and forgiveness for my own freedom not for the freedom of of the man who hurt me, the child. He was a 13-year-old boy. He was a child also. Mm. He was the son of a, of a heroin addict who had the drug dealer living with him. Who knows what this young boy went through mm. to feel that it was okay to hurt another child. But this Me Too campaign really allowed me to sort of stand in this place of compassion for those who have been hurt and those who choose to hurt others. Mm. 
And this experience has given me something that, you know, I feel like for the first time in my life, I, I got why I'm living here. I got why I came to this planet. I understood why this thing, this really heinous act happened to this child that was three years old, me as a three-year-old, was so that now, 38 years, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just caught my age in that. <laughs> that's okay, girl. <laughs> yes, all good. That 38 years mm. later, that I would be able to stand for love and compassion in a way that I couldn't have had I not gone through that experience as a mm. three-year-old. And I'm, I'm not saying what happened was right or was what this man did to me, what this boy did to me, but he has to go through his own healing with this. And I pray for his soul that he was able to move through to a place of forgiveness for himself, that he was able to heal himself so that he didn't continue this, this act on other people. I don't know. I, I've lost touch with this, with this, um, this man years ago, but it just was for me, this is a big piece of allowing myself to really dive into something that was dark and scary, really scary. Mm. And that, and that impacted me every day of my life mm. until I started to really let love hold me. And for me, love is the divine mother. And so when I really rested in her presence, I, I was allowing myself to feel all of the feelings in a way that I hadn't before that came back as a, I don't know if I would use the word empowered, but I did. I took my power back for something that I had given away. Hmm. And a really beautiful, beautiful way. And, you know, I, I just, I'm very clear that, that this is a wave of energy right now that has to happen. This healing has to happen. And um, it's beautiful. Mm. And it's deep and it's profound and it's scary and it's all things. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's stirring up the consciousness in a way so that we can heal collectively together. And I want to stand for that. We all heal together. Everyone is, everyone deserves the healing on every side of the equation. And I know that I couldn't have gotten to this place had I not gone through and allowed myself all of the feelings and all of the emotions and allowed myself to travel deep into the depths so that I could be free. Mm. So, <laughs> so, so, so beautiful. Mm. And Thank so you. many, I feel so impacted by so many of the things you were just describing and what's really um, jumping out at me is like that, that space of really, um, allowing the mm. darkness and all the feelings um, 
mm-hmm. to be there and dive into it to to come on the other side with your yes. freedom and that there's yeah. no yeah. you know like uh, <laughs> the two th- two things with that it's like it's you can't um you can't bypass that part of it you can't right. say oh, okay well i'm just i'm supposed to be compassionate <laughs> no. and forgiving and bless those no people um no so I, that's what i'm just going to focus on <laughs> like no it's you know diving in and deep with it and those are big powerful feelings that you're mm-hmm. um you know letting move through and i think well something that you've named with that that has been powerful for me too is this well, of course, support from others, physical other yes. people in that process yes. is really huge. Huge. Really, really huge. And I think on the energetic and spiritual level, too, mm-hmm. is connecting to the fact that you can welcome in being held by yes. a greater love and divine mother, as you called it, to hold you in it, too. Yes. And that, I feel, creates such a big shift in that healing journey. Mm-hmm. I know that it it did for me and it does, it seems to be the medicine that really allows us to break down and break through, Mm. to be held by that container of love. It's so soft and it's so accepting and allows for everything to be, it's everything to be. Mm. It really allows all of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I do want to. I want to also say the bypass is not. You, you cannot bypass this stuff because it will come back louder if mm. you try to bypass it. And that's something that I want to support people in um, moving away from. If you, if something is coming up for you, just sit with it, be with it, hold it, be allow it, get support if you need it. And then you can move through to the other side, but really allow it to be okay. It's okay if you're angry. It's okay if you're sad or hurt or, or filled with bliss. All of it's part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you always do such a good job with that too. I just want to acknowledge uh-huh. that because... Uh, We've had a lot of conversations. Wow. (laughs) And it it feels sweet that we're we're talking about that right now because I've had um, recently just a wave of old um, sensation in my heart arise, like a resentment feeling, like a Mm. feeling of like a a metal wall in front of my heart. And it's Mm. been this space of like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was there. Uh And like, I've been practicing this space of like, this is here and I'm doing my best to be present with it. And it's okay if I don't know what to do with it right now. And like that being my experience of feeling it right now. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, this is this is here and I'll show up with it the best I can. Mm. And oh, wow, I totally don't know how to dive into that right now. And yeah, that's okay. I'm going to be with that. Of like, I love you this part. I don't know how to love you. I don't really know what to do with this. You know what? But I'm going to allow it, even the parts that I can't open up yet. And also it's the the level of curiosity that you're meeting it with. I Mm. feel 
that really supports um, the energy to move. Because if if you if you name it, and if if we if we name it, and we want to like cling to it, and we want to create the story around it, it really kind of locks us into to the story or into the pattern. But like you're saying, you're like, oh wow, I don't know what to do with this now. You get curious. There's this loosening. This uh, it's like unraveling can take place. Mm-hmm to where then it will reveal to you exactly how it wants to be supported, how exactly it wants to be received or what it wants you to, to quote unquote do with it. Right. Get curious with it. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> I'm um, something that connects to that process mm-hmm. of curiosity and, and also compassion and, and love that you've spoken to is this quality of the divine mother. Mm. And <laughs> it's interesting because I, I, I recently um, had a women's circle and part of the invitation was um, going in and creating um, the energetic of mm. just pure mothering, pure, mm. that loving, in my sense, this divine mothering energy. Sometimes we, what comes up is like a, of all these different, um, from our personal experiences, different types of mothering that mm. didn't necessarily feel divine. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. so sometimes, <laughs> so sometimes the word mother can be pretty loaded. <laughs> yeah. I discovered, and wow. I totally understand. Totally, totally get that. And mm. I'm, yeah. So I'm, and and I really connect to this essence of divine mothering and it has been something that has really aided me in Mm. creating a nurturing mothering internal dialogue and climate within myself and Mm -hmm. connecting to this energy and essence of divine mother, divine mothering. Mm -hmm. Could Mm -hmm. you expand upon that um, quality of divine mothering and what that, how you connect to it and what it feels like for you? And how that's different from, you know, maybe the type of mothering you personally received. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel that um, I really, it's interesting because I want to really acknowledge my mother right now. Mm. My, My mother, her name is Mary, which is so beautiful because I really connect with Mother Mary. And my human mother, Mary, didn't have a mother growing up. She passed away when my mom was eight years old. Mm. And so my mother didn't know how to nurture. And she didn't know how I personally needed to be mothered. She knew in her way um, what, what, what she learned, what was modeled to her. And... So I went through many years of fighting against, against, against until I realized I needed to learn how to mother myself in the way that felt good to me. All of these aspects Mm. of myself that were screaming for support and for help, you know, I'm, I'm here at 30 years old and I'm still repeating patterns from when I was five. It's like the five-year-old really didn't receive what she needed, not to the fault of my human mother, but, she, but now I had the opportunity to mother her differently 
and to really talk to that aspect of myself and be sweet with her. And it's, it's a form of intimacy that I don't know if another human being can really understand a hundred percent for each of us. It's different Mm -hmm. for each of us. It's a different experience. And, um, so I really have devoted myself to opening up to this energy of Divine Mother. For me, Divine Mother is everything. She births every one of us. And the best example that I, that I have, you know, and I've gone through it all. I've worked with the goddesses and I've worked with the shamanic aspects and I've worked every which way I've gone at it, seeking what energy really I connect with, but the Earth Mother is the greatest example for me of unconditional love. And she allows everyone to be here. She doesn't say, oh, you are a mean person, you can't live here. No, the mean people live here, the nice people live here, mm. the blue people live here, the green people live here, all the colors of the rainbow, everybody gets to live here. And I think about that sometimes macro back into micro. I have a lot of different aspects of myself. And if I can simply fall into the space of bigger than any of those aspects, that to me is the divine mother. So I sometimes, still to this day, I'm sometimes super bitchy. And now I just go, wow, that's cute. You're super bitchy today. <laughs> okay. I don't judge it. I don't judge it because what? It's going to happen. We're human. Oh, you're being so sweet today. That's so nice. Like, it's just this like observing yeah. without judgment. And I do want to say just back, backtracking to my own mother, we've now come into this really beautiful relationship because she sees how I take care of myself mm. through self-care through self-love, through self-nurturing. And it's shifted the way that she now can support me because it's like I'm now the role model of how I care for myself, how I need to be cared for by my human mother. And she, to her credit, has done a lot of work to really step up and to, oh, I'm going to cry, Mama. Thank you for doing the work. She's really let go of a lot of stuff so that she can be present for me now in a new way, in a different way. Mm. And I find that that piece is really important. We have to be the role models to teach other people how we want to receive love. But we have to first give it to ourselves. And it's a, there's an intimacy in that. Mm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. I, feel, I just feel <laughs> tears in my eyes and... Yeah. And I love that it's triggering for people, to be honest with you, because yeah. I, I feel like that trigger is a doorway open for that's asking people to love themselves more. And mm. for me, that's the, that's the antidote to all of this. Mm. You know, we would be in these predicaments that we were in with what I'm calling the second chakra awakening or misalignment if we all learned how to love ourselves more 
we would know how to ask for what we need. We would know how to set boundaries. We would know how to embrace ourselves. You know, it would be, it's a beautiful place to be in when I can remember to reside there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just love, love what you're naming. And I'm, I feel like I could talk for hours on this subject with you and I I feel such potent gifts in what you're sharing from your own story and how you relate to the world and yourself and it's just mm. such potent medicine and mm. um, I'm feeling I'm noticing that we're winding down on time yeah. um, and we've been finishing each episode with a little moment of reflection and self I guess self-mothering retrospect and also mm-hmm. to any listeners here <laughs> is any advice you would have given honeybee 10 years ago oh, such a good question mm-hmm. first I just want to say thank you for having me at, at the beginning of the call I was mm-hmm. feeling my heart beating mm-hmm. really fast and rapidly and I feel like I've settled into my body since we've begun the conversation and continue mm. this really beautiful soul's journey together. So I'm so grateful to you. Mm. Thank you. Um, my joy. So 10 years ago, what I would have told, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. funny. Uh-huh. The first thing that comes up is uh-huh. to be patient. Mm to trust the unfolding of the wisdom of your soul and the journey that is laid before you and to enjoy the moments, enjoy the yes, enjoy the no, enjoy Mm. the stumbles, really allow yourself to not get caught either direction um, because it's everything's always changing. And if you can be present fully in each moment, you will find everything that you seek now. (laughs) (laughs) Emphasis on the now. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Make sure... Make sure to do your hip circles. That's what I would say. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to stay connected to Honeybee and learn more about her different offerings and services, including workshops in the Middle East and one-on-one sessions, you can find more on her website, which is honeybeehenderson.com. So that's H-O-N-E-Y-B-E-E-H-E-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com. You can also connect with Honeybee on social media on Instagram at Honeybee Henderson and Facebook. Thank you again for listening in to this episode. If you love this episode or have feedback please shoot me an email i love hearing from you and as always if you feel inspired leaving ratings reviews and subscriptions on itunes and stitcher until next time